Welcome to the show that punches you in the face with information. Welcome to the Enterprise Fitness Podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about perhaps a controversial topic, a controversial question. Is obesity a choice? I'm joined today by Aldred, Al, and Master Coach Jacka. Now, this podcast topic came about because Jacka turned to Al saying, is obesity a choice or words to effect? And then Al said, let's make a podcast out of it. And I said, why not? So, gentlemen, <laughs> Jacka, do you want to kick us off? Sure. And am I even phrasing the question correctly? No, you are phrasing the question correctly. And I think where the where it even came relevant is because the question has been circulating online recently mm. uh in open online forums has been almost every there's been numerous a lot of division around this particular mm. binary question is it a choice yes or no but my interest in this lies less in answering the question of is it yes or no and more so a question of what makes it harder for some people to make the choice of being healthier than others because i think that's actually a more open-ended question and does encourage a more discussion and potentially empathy um, towards anyone who may be struggling with being overweight or obese. So for those who live fairly sheltered lives from media, aka yes. me, what, where, where is this circulating? YouTube, Instagram. So it's pretty hot right Twitter. now. Yeah, yeah. More, more in recent months. Um, Was this because of like the Calvin Klein model thing? I'm not too sure where the root of this came from. Yeah. All I know is that there was a lot of, I guess, discussion around what's, wh where, was, where does the individual responsibility of someone maintaining healthy weights or healthy lifestyle start and end versus, okay, other factors such as environmental, behavioral, upbringing, genetic, educational, and so forth. Al, what did you say to him off camera? Because <laughs> I feel like you, had, you would have said something to him. <laughs> um, he had lots to say. I just went next question and then I just <laughs> left after that. I, for me, it was more like the pyramid of change. Yes. It's more so with that. Like, Let me, the pyramid of change, again, it's in the book, yeah. The Enterprise Diet, but for those who don't know, just because it's visual or it's, mm -hmm. some people, this might be the first encounter, but the pyramid of change or the, it's the yeah. built model at the bottom, you have environment at the top, you have the behaviors. Above that, you have skills and skill sets. Above mm -hmm. skills and skill sets, you have beliefs and values. And above that, you have identity. Mm -hmm. That's your pyramid of change, essentially, mm -hmm. or the DILTS model, you were going to say? So, uh, basically, what I said to Jacko was, it's like, there's a lot of factors surrounding that, what, where that person is currently at in life, right? There's like your environment, yet skills and skill sets, behaviors, identity, and also values. And to me, it was more so environment. Are you actually in a who are you surrounding yourself with pretty much are you surrounding yourself with people who live a certain kind of life or do they yeah i don't know like well i think fundamentally the question comes down like jacka to mm. a little bit of nurture versus nature in, to correct. a degree right correct so that's what you're saying is well are people overweight and obese because there there's a genetic predisposition or for example, they may have been born to an overweight family or parents who have always struggled with weight their whole lives. But at the same time, there are plenty of exceptions to that rule. Like my dad was you know, very unhealthy, very overweight. And it was because of my dad in many ways, my bullying experience as a kid that broke that pattern for me. And it's not the reason why I stayed being overweight in actual many ways is the reason why I broke out of it. I think from a scientific perspective, science is basically when you have a theory of science, if this is how gravity works, 
to prove gravity, you also have to try and find exceptions to that. And when there are no exceptions, then you can say and formulate, this is how it works every time. For example, probably even a better example is law of thermodynamics. There hasn't been a case where the, say, rebuttal of, let's say, the insulin theory as to weight loss. The insulin theory to weight loss has not been proven. It's been shown, insulin has shown to be a factor to people losing weight and gaining weight. But in the context of things, it has not been, law of thermodynamics has not been disproven up until this point and very likely it ever will get disproven in saying that if you'd approach this from a purely scientific perspective because there are exceptions to people who have come from overweight families and mm. have transformed their bodies and have changed their lives you would say everyone has the ability to do i think people have different starting points as well though so for example let's say like we do know that different people have different resting energy expenditure vastly different and so perhaps someone who at rest is going through less calories does give them less of an advantage or has will have a harder time getting leaner or potentially sure. getting losing body fat compared to the person who goes through a lot more expenditure throughout the day even at rest for the same level of activity that person's going to have a much easier time dropping body fat or body weight and potentially maintaining healthier body composition throughout life so I think it's, yes, there is, of course, an element of choice. And I think as we get older, we have more sovereignty over our own nutritional choices. But I think there are factors which certainly are out of our control. Yeah. Upbringing is also a big one. Like you said, there are exceptions to the rule where, yes, if you were raised in a family which didn't have the right, the favorable nutritional practices to maintain a healthy, a healthy body, then that would carry on to you and there are exceptions to that perhaps like yourself but well, it's also a hard thing that james was telling me about the other i don't know if you yeah. saw the stat it was like 80 percent of uh, it's one one in four i think it was one in four this is based on 2018 abs stats one in four children adolescents are overweight or obese into adulthood it's two in three in australia are overweight Which or is what, obese 33 percent no 66 percent no, yeah, jesus correct. yeah 33 yeah, percent mm. aren't yeah, so there's more Correct. people are overweight and obese Older. than are not. Correct. And and but I think James's stat was if you're born into an overweight family mm. or born into an obese family, it's something like eighty percent likelihood that you'll stay obese. Correct. Yeah, is that right? That's yeah. the stat. Yeah. yeah, which I think is a testament to this whole role of okay, environment, nature, nurture, right? It's the environment. Now, of course, you have your ability to maneuver within that, but starting from a much harder place, of course, puts you at a disadvantage. Of, of course, but at the same time, there's also people are born you know, in genetic families where I saw this girl online the other day and it's like, geez, you know, jacked, completely jacked and 21 years old, you know, and at the start of her training career and most girls would probably spend 10 to 15 years to look half as good as her that she has done with a, a little bit of training. So I think as well, the reverse is opposite. But I, I think like the nature versus nurture is yeah you can argue these things and say i don't know i don't want to say poor me but at the same time the it doesn't help people and i don't know if you know guys know sean croxton amazing Not guy sean, shout out to sean croxton he used to have the underground wellness radio and he's now in a different completely different spaces in the us but he talks about this concept about how if you tell people and reinforce this is the reason why you can't do something then people use that as the reason why they can't do something whereas if you encourage the individual responsibility people start to say if the message that we give across i just think it's unhelpful from someone for myself who's so invested in helping people personally change i don't want to be on the side 
of this is your nature because of the fact that it leaves the people with helplessness is this is how you were born and there's nothing you can do about it and yes you were disadvantaged by having all these problems my son he was born with esophageal atresia right he, he didn't have part of his esophagus had to have and anyway we, we've worked so hard and around these kind of things and this is in spite of things and now he's, he's he's thriving and all these other things but the point that i'm getting is if the message across this is is helplessness or, or learned helplessness of this is the way you are i don't think it's helpful it's mm. not a it's not a message that's positive or encouraging for people to change and that's why i just don't think the nature versus nurture it's not a way to go if because again my livelihood my whole career my whole business enterprise it's books and all these kind of things it's about giving people tools so they can change and if the message is you can't change i think it's very defeating that's also what i was referring to about in the environmental factors right if your environment is quote unquote the social norm and the social norm is basically what Jack was saying in statistics, do you have to question your identity and also what is normal? Yeah, like, um, absolutely. When people are saying, yeah, it's fine to do this, it's fine to do that, is it really fine or are you just unaware? Because I myself, like, I also used to be nearly overweight. I, at five foot, five foot nine, I was nearly 100 kilos in 2019. And... That's not that long ago. Yeah, no, it was. And that was that comes up as a part of education. For me then, I was training, but I got injured. And my young self was like, hey, let's just eat whatever we want because we don't want to lose muscle mass. And if I had the proper education to actually get myself out of that mindset, and this is like the identity aspect of the pyramid of change, Wait, I would have saved a lot of time because it took me a year and a half to also get part of your journey. Though. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think that's part of your journey, right? Like the thing is, I think we're all, whatever, in any area of life, we're all floating around like fish, unaware mm. of the fishbowl that we're in and the water 100%. that we're, we're swimming in, right? Yeah. It's just, it's always been there. Mm. And culturally, like if we're born in Australia, whatever like this is part of our language and we go to the US and we say you got the dunny or where you go what are you doing this arvo mm. people are like what are you talking about they don't use those words but to us it's so benign mm. it's part of our culture in australia and just certain things so i think we are all you could say victims mm. of our culture because we don't we don't see it but that doesn't mean we can't break out of it and i think this mm. is where things like travel reading going mm. learning from people having different experiences and inputting those in your life and starting to question all of those beliefs. And yes, there is a privilege to be able to do that. But I think with the internet, most people mm. have access to different minds and you, you could go through encyclopedia or the version of an encyclopedia about culture in a matter of weeks, really, with YouTube and things like this. You can get so much information. I mean, there's a lot of garbage on the web, but you, mm. can, you do have the ability and access to this information where you can start to question where these beliefs actually derive. So I think... Yes, we are all victims of culture, but this is where I think one also needs to adapt the mindset of constant, never-ending improving mm. and also growth. Be a student. Like be a student. Never-ending student. Never-ending student. Never student. Mm. Never ending student. Yeah, and it, especially if it's like you where you had this. And I, what was actually, let's get into this, right? Because it's a prime example. But what was the factor or how did you break out of that mindset? So you were 100 kilos, was it 2020 
2019? Yeah, I got injured the start of 2019. And were you a fat kid your whole life or part of your no, life? I was, I was definitely a skinny kid my whole life. Mm. And then I got into training. So you got into a bad hole? Yeah, pretty much. I, got, no. I was a skinny kid my whole life, got into training, got into pretty good shape. Didn't know how to train properly. And then I got injured. And then from that injury resulted in what, me what just injury? eating shoulder bursitis. Okay. From that injury resulted in me just forming bad habits, just eating whatever I want. And at the end of the day, when I look back at it, it was just a bit of miseducation on my part because I was pretty young back then. Pretty young. It's like 22. You're 22? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so <laughs> what are you now? Like 20, 20, 23 now? You're 23? Now I'm 27. 27. So it's about five years. Fossil, Al. Yeah. Huh? It's yeah. fossilizing. So what does, mm. like, when you say bad eating habits, like what were you doing to get to that 100 kilos? I mean, that... My mindset was, again, right, just me not knowing personally, like, what can my body handle, like, what's my matrix calories to have? For me, I had that young mindset of, let's just dirty bulk, eat whatever I want to preserve as much muscle mass that I currently have and I've built throughout these years. Sounds, so sounds, the, sounds stupid but hang now. On, if we just pause on that for a second, <laughs> yeah. the beliefs and values that you brought into your life yeah. was that of traditional bodybuilding. Yeah, exactly. So you weren't mm. doing anything. You were running a code, mm. your beliefs and values, mm. which people do. Mm. And unfortunately, the beliefs and values that you had were incorrect from a physiological standpoint of, if I do this, I'm going to preserve muscle. Mm. And, and often we, we go on these things and it doesn't give the result that we want. And it's the beliefs and values that we don't question or think to question because we grew up in this is what you do in bodybuilding. And I've seen it time and time again, or you've probably seen it as well in, in bodybuilding, is that people think this is the natural order of things. I have to do a bulk and I mm. look like absolute crap. I feel like crap. Mm. I look like crap and then it takes me so much longer and it's so much harder to lose all this weight, but I'm doing this excessive bulk to put on muscle. And when people diet down, <laughs> they really haven't put on any muscle or, or that much muscle at all, maybe a couple of kilos, but it's not something they couldn't have achieved. They could have actually been healthier the whole time and actually got an even better result. So I don't think it's, it's just an example of the fish that's swimming in water that doesn't even know the water is there. Yes, I mean, no? yeah, no, 100%. When I thought I was injured, when I was injured, I thought, yeah, let's just leave it. It'll heal by itself. And it never healed. So it's just that part of education. Around what broke you out of it? Beliefs. Like, changing belief. Like, I saw a, I saw a physio, but then the progress was really slow. So I start, started following a bit more of a physio slash personal trainer slash coach approach and that's what re actually got me out of it like and, actually trained and the weight the weight oh the weight dropped i think i lost lost it I was 98 and then i was 92 in three months i think 79.2 so you've lost like 21 kilos yeah yeah, and it's been relatively easy to keep that off because of beliefs and values mm -hmm. and identity has changed. Mm -hmm. And this is, comes back to, ties directly into the point nature versus nurture. You had the power to change the whole time. It's just the operating code that you were running on was the, the wrong code for, for looking lean all year round. Xhaka, do you have things to add? No, I'd agree there. Um, I think fundamentally, regardless of where people weigh on this side of conversation, I think the resulting message should always be one that's encouraging like you said so there should be a sense of okay i am in control and i do have the autonomy to choose to live a healthier life and while i may be at certain disadvantages there's always something you can do right 
I think for us as coaches, it also provides us perhaps a bit more empathy for someone who maybe, yes, we all struggle with a bit of motivation, willpower or discipline, but it might not be the only reason why someone has struggled. So I think in terms of an exercise of empathy, uh, it's a good question to ask. Well, I think, I think on that, weight loss, getting in shape is relatively simple. Mm. It's made hard by the story that we tell ourselves. Correct. And the story that we tell ourselves often is it's hard for me or I hate this food or it never works out or I already always put the weight back on. So what's the point? There are so many stories that people tell themselves and they're dealing with that emotional baggage, which that you need to let go at some point to then move forward. And I also think if you look at trauma, there's only two ways you can really deal with trauma is you can pass it back or pass it forward. Right. And I think if you want to have that, if you do have, I'm not saying like weight loss, everyone has trauma and that's why they have weight. But if there is that component, which some people do carry with them or say a lower degree, it's acknowledging it for what it is. And maybe that was your life and you found all these things hard, but instead of trying to pass it forward, and this is where I think the stats around like that 80% of kids who have obese parents, you pass it forward, you pass it back. You pass it back to your mom or your dad who gave it to you and say, I don't want this. I don't want to carry this. I don't want to bring this forward into my life. That's yours. That's your stuff to deal with. You can only pass it back. And I think that to free yourself and going, how do I want to live? How do I want to look? And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a 10% bodybuilder who's obsessed with training, but it can certainly mean that a lot of the... Because look, the reality is if you grow up in the West, McDonald's is normal. Mm. It's normal to go to McDonald's for your kids. It's normal to go through drive through It's normal to eat pizza. And these days, it's normal to go on Uber Eats. All of those things... And I often draw, you've probably heard me say it, or maybe not, you've definitely heard me say it, but the, the football field analogy that I give. And I think I took this from Laurel Cordain, who wrote one of the very early adapters of the paleo movement. But basically the analogy is that if you had a football field, so imagine we went down to the MCG, right? Go down to the MCG, the start of the football field to the end of the football field, that represents the timeline that the human being, we as humans have been on the planet. Now people argue how long it's actually been, five million years or a million years or three, whatever it is. Let's just say it's it's five million years because it's easier to visualize, right? If we break it up into five equal parts, there's a million each. If we look at that goal square represents the last 10,000 years. That's when we essentially brought in industrial farming. So that's when we started bringing grains into our diet and we domesticated our food supply. And we did that for good reason. We did that to create civilization so that we weren't reliant upon hunting and gathering and trying to find ways to eat ourselves without civilizing and domesticating our food supply we would not have the civilizations that we have today so it was very much needed but then we have the last hundred years the last hundred years is when food became food products and from the timeline of how long we've been on the planet to how long we've adapted to to what we're eating now that hundred years in comparison is a blade of grass it's no time at all so all of these constructs that we have around food our ideologies around food is so far removed to what's physiologically normal. So you have what's physiologically normal and ideal, and then you have what's socially normal. What's socially normal is not what's physiologically normal. It usually pulls apart because the reality is we ate things that were hunted, fished, gathered, and plucked. It's only more than the last 10,000 years is that we ate things that were farmed. And certainly in the last 100 years only became the modern society commonality that we ate things that were delivered at our door, right? The food product. There's no easy feat of science to create say vegetable oils where you rip open a package of whatever it was what's the one twinkies right which are like fresh for five years like how does someone do that 
that's quite the feat, right? It's, it's no easy thing to, to do that. We have that in today's environment. And to make it taste great, doesn't matter when you open it. That's hard. But it's not normal. It's not physiologically normal. And it's not physiologically normal to not sleep and to smoke and to drink all this alcohol and to have ice cream every day of the week. You know, ice cream predated, it was very hard to make cakes. It took two, three, four hours to make because they had to make it from scratch prior to 100 years. Now we can walk down to our Woolies or our Coles and it's very easy. <laughs> You're looking at him like, do you want to get cake later? But it's very easy to get it, right? <laughs> we can go anywhere, we can get these foods. It's 24 season summer. It's 24 seven yeah. summer rather. And that is just not how, from a physiological perspective, we adapted as humans. Now we have mal- adaptation, now we have maladaption. The maladaption to these things is the chronic health problems and the obesity of having constant excess calories in our environment, which we cannot cater to. Now, again, coming back to the conversation about nature versus nurture, I think in many ways, it's, there's a, there's, it's the cultural aspect that people are bought into. It's the fish in the fish tank that doesn't realize that they're even swimming. Yeah, and it's made harder. I mean, I think now more than ever, we have the most access to food at our fingertips and the choices are endless and those choices are hyper-palatable calorie dense options right and it can be a harder choice to make the healthier option but i think ultimately it's always worthwhile right there's also food marketing as well right what's being promoted as the healthier option and is it actually Mm. often not the case as well final thoughts from you al Told you it's a spreadsheet, guys. He's loading. <laughs> um, no data. It's just taking me a while because I've trained before. But yeah, for me, it's more so about the edu- education aspect. I feel like if you have the right amount of education, because the way we are born into this world, like we go to school straight away. And that's to teach us how to write, to even cook, um, do math. And I feel like... What school if did you, you They didn't teach us how to cook at my school. Really? We had a home, like in high school, they taught yeah. us how to make cakes, but no one... Oh, yeah, yeah, cookies. I guess that's the normal part of high school and the current education, right? I feel if you have the right guidance and the right education, and I mean, it's pretty hard at the moment because of social media, but if you just have that one person to tell you that, or that two people to tell you like, hey, this is not normal, you should maybe take a step back and have a look at and question your identity does it actually still serve you i feel like it can go a long way just speaking from experience because yeah i i used to think that was normal when i was at that current weight good so to answer the question yeah. i present the question to you is it the choice I don't think it's a, it's necessarily a choice because I don't think necessarily unless you're like one of those feeders. Yeah. Yeah, unless you're like a feeder, I don't I don't yeah. think I don't think most people are choosing to be unhealthy Correct. as Al said. Yeah. And again, I keep coming back to answer the fishbowl analogy. It's just most people are operating we, we never question the beliefs that we believe are true. And if we just have always accepted there is an acceptance that this is just the way I am, this is who I am, and I don't have the power to change it, or never even thought about changing it, then you're not going to question that belief, are you? Mm. If anything, I think people can, if they're listening to this podcast, it's that, oh, I do have the power to change this, if I'm unhappy with it. If you're happy with it, then more power to you. Right? If you know you're unhealthy, I think it always comes from the frame of, if you smoke, if you drink, if you're unhealthy, and you're happy being unhealthy, then more power to you. 
don't don't change on my accord, right? I'm not here to force you to do anything. But if you're in a place where you smoke, you drink, you're overweight, you hate the way you look, and it's not someone saying, you know, you look, you got to do something, you want to do it, then absolutely you have the power to change. I read somewhere where it was summarized quite succinctly and I've partly agreeing with this where, look, it's not your fault where you maybe you might have had an unfavorable environment, but it is your responsibility. What I want to close on is the be, do, have formula for change. Because I think this for me, again, in terms of personal development and personal change is really where I sit on the topic, which is most people come into things and they see what they want to have. And you could apply this to money, but let's apply this to physique. They see someone with a really good body, they're in shape, and they say, I want to have that body. I want to have the six pack. I want to have the bum. I want to have the shoulders. And they start doing a, a crash diet. And then a week goes by and then they decide, they see the cakes or they, their friends are going out for drinking, they decide they want to have a drink. And then they decide they want to have a donut and they decide they want to have a kebab. And then they decide again, they want to be in shape. But then there's this constant, I want to have. And that's one way to operate, which guarantee you will never get you anywhere. The next way is to do a bunch of things. And you see this in the fitness industry when people go and do a challenge. They do an eight-week challenge, they do a six-week challenge, they do a 12-week challenge. And they do the challenge and sometimes they get results. Sometimes they don't, but they don't sustain those results almost ever. They do the challenge and then after the challenge, they said it was really hard and they loved it and all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, they go back to doing what they were doing before they did the challenge. That does not sustain someone. The level above that is the B level, is where we focus on the person that we want to become. My mantra is, I am a healthy person who eats healthy foods that build and nourish my body. I love taking care of the vessel that houses my spiritual essence, aka my body. I take care of my body, I'm able to express that spiritual essence. That makes sense, right? So there's a spiritual construct around it as well that, that gives it more meaning. And it was the Egyptians who said, spirit without meaning is motionless and matter without spirit is meaningless. So in saying that, you can focus on what you wanna have, you can focus on what you wanna do, but if the thing that trumps the, the ace card in all of this is if you focus on the person that you want to become, that will transcend the actions that you take. And in time, you will get where you want to go. Not because you're trying to have something, but because who you are speaks so loud that what you want will be yours. So I'd like to leave it on that. Gentlemen, where can they find you? You can find me at Aldril underscore Enriquez. On the Instagram, on Instagram yeah. and the jackets. Uh, it's Coach Jaka on Instagram. <laughs> and my name is Mark Tobri. I am the owner and founder of Enterprise Fitness. If you've enjoyed this conversation, I'd love to invite you to hit subscribe. We are on all platforms where you listen to your favorite podcast, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, Apple, iHeartRadio, all of them, we're there. Also, if you haven't already checked out and grabbed yourself a copy, grab yourself a copy of The Enterprise Diet, my new book. You can check it out at enterprisediet.com. Leave us a review on your favorite platform. And until next time, friends, train hard, eat well, and supplement smart.